Quitting my full-time job was probably the scariest decision I made. Because the one thing that I've said since I was five years old is I want to be just like my dad and he is an entrepreneur. I say it's a disease. You either have it or you don't. If you're working nine to five, then you probably shouldn't quit because anybody who succeeds in life, they never work nine to five. You don't have the work ethic it takes to be an entrepreneur. Hello, everybody. I'm Kelly Martin, and you're listening to Making It Work, brought to you by FedEx. This is the podcast all about U.S. entrepreneurship. Whether it's stories of success or tales of blood, sweat, and tears, we tell you what you really need to know about being a small business owner. In each episode of Making It Work, we delve into a different topic, and we don't shy away from the tough conversations. This time, we're talking about when to finally commit all your time to your new venture and, that's right, quit your job. So how do you know when to take the plunge and hand in your notice? And is there ever really a good time to do it? Asking the questions is Tom Scallon. We've all thought about it. Some may have even fantasized about it. But while most of us are waiting for that lottery payout before we march into our boss's office, for entrepreneurs, quitting a job is a question of when, not if. So when is the best time to do it? How long can you just moonlight as a small business owner? Those are two questions for two men that have been there, done that, and handed in their company-branded T-shirts. Graham Vesey and Fisk Bigger are co-owners of Cleveland, Ohio-based Graham and Fisk's Wine in a Can. When Graham asked Fisk whether he'd be game for quitting his day job to sell wine for on the go, the answer was a clear yes. But that didn't mean the transition was easy. Here's Fisk kicking us off. Quitting my job was a great idea. It was a very difficult moment to come to. And I think for us, the writing was on the wall nine months into this venture. So I, I quit my job in the fall of 2016. So Graham and I had started the company and Graham really shepherded it. And as he mentioned out the door with his entrepreneurial ventures, being able to schedule time. And I had a more traditional office job where I would have to spend time shutting the doors and working on this and designing decks and making sales calls and really doing this as my side hustle, for lack of better words, and spending nights at coffee shops. And as Graham mentioned, we started the company with the birth of my son. And so there's certainly added pressure. You know, we have bills to pay and child to take care of and a future to plan for, which I didn't have when Graham made that first initial phone call to me and we got going. But what we really realized about six months into this, when we started to gain traction, was that for this to work and for it to work, it needed the focus of both of us. There wasn't anyone else out there and needed Graham and Fisk to be 100% dedicated to it. That was the moment where I said, okay. And I moved into my basement of our townhome and set up the computer monitors there. And for the next nine months, worked out of the basement of our townhome, which was actually in Denver, Colorado. So Graham and I, every morning, very religiously, would get on the phone and make our plan of attack for how we were going to conquer that day. And then the next step came where I picked up my family back to Cleveland so we can be in the office together. And so there were different iterations, one of which was quitting my job, the next of which was moving my family, each of which came with varying degrees of instability and risk. But at the end of the day, you look back on those moments and you've got to get over them and you've got to conquer them. Otherwise, you're going to be paralyzed by them. It sounds like with you, it was a matter of when, not if. 
and you said you wanted to wait until the company gained a little bit of traction. What was that traction you gained that made you quit your job? Well, I think it was it was going two steps forward and one step back. So we'd gained some traction and then we'd realize that, well, we missed an opportunity. We missed an opportunity because Ivan particularly wasn't 100% focused. And the only way for us to keep the ball moving forward and to continue to gain traction was to be dedicated at that level. So it wasn't the chicken and the egg wasn't traction in the company. We knew that we could build it and it was confidence in ourselves, but we knew to get that traction, we needed to be solely focused. So it wasn't, Hey, this is working. This will be easier. It was, Hey, you're going to have to do something hard and you're going to have to dedicate yourself fully to this for it to work. Before Tom's next question, here's an offer exclusive to Making It Work listeners. Open a free FedEx business account today and you can get up to 40% off shipping services, including residential and delivery surcharges. Just visit fedex.com slash making it work offer or click the link in the episode description and start saving on shipping with FedEx. Now back to the show. Tell me about the risks then, specifically financial. Were you guys taking salaries then? Was there even one salary to take between you? Not really. We we were really not paying ourselves. And what we were doing more so is putting the money that we had saved from our other ventures into the business. How much money did you have? I mean, did you have enough money to pay rent for three months, six months, a, a year? How much of a risk did you take? There are times where we were literally squeezing dollars to get through payroll, knowing that we were going to get another funding round closed the following week. And metaphorically, we joked about how are we finding the change in the couch? And there were times where we were like, well, let's you know maybe cut open the couch to see if it's in the stuffing. That's part of the excitement of being an entrepreneur is that there's always inevitably a cliff. And some days you're driving really fast and it's on the horizon. And some days you're driving really fast and the cliff is just a few feet away. But the real benefit is keeping your eyes uh, on the prize and making sure that you don't drive over that cliff. And luckily, you know, through highs and lows, we've continued to be able to hold that edge and continue to grow this business. To all of our listeners who are working in nine to five, have a great business idea or are doing it part time, should they quit or should they not? I think if you're working nine to five, then you probably shouldn't quit because anybody who succeeds in life don't, they never work nine to five. So if you're not getting in the office and trying to beat your boss to work, and if you're not working past five, then you know, you're somebody who doesn't have that entrepreneurial spirit, which is fine. It's like you know, different strokes for different folks. But if you're an intrapreneur, which you're working within a corporate environment, you're busting your ass, you're coming up with creative ideas, your trajectory within your career is more entrepreneurial, then I do think if you have an entrepreneurial idea, it's something that you should think about. But if you're somebody who literally clocks in at 9 a.m. on the dot and you're looking at your watch at 4.55, ready to walk out the door at 5, you probably should just stick to your 9 to 5 job because you don't have the work ethic it takes to be an entrepreneur. Ever get the feeling you're not cut out for entrepreneurship? If you're unsure, just have a little chat with Graham Vesey. 
Of course, making the decision to pursue entrepreneurship full-time is a lot easier if you don't have a job to quit. Let's talk with Krista Cotton, CEO of New Orleans-based bitters manufacturer El Guapo Bitters. By her own admission, she's cautious, especially when it comes to loosening the purse strings. Luckily, when she started El Guapo, she didn't have a monthly paycheck to give up. I get the impression she likes talking about this subject. Ooh. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I think I have the opposite problem as most people. Like I am cautious to a fault and I probably honestly need a therapist for this. This is one of the things that my mentors preach to me the most. I am so tight with money and so cautious. Like we are growing so, so quickly. It's like an anomaly that how quickly this has grown. We tripled our revenue in 2020. We drastically increased it last year and we're on track to triple it again this year. So on the whole, we're much, much larger and we're growing faster than honestly I'm comfortable with, but I'm, I'm still very tight with money and I get very nervous doing new things. Most people are like the opposite side of that and they spend money faster than they should or they spend money and they don't yet have like product market fit. So when it comes to quitting your job, I would probably stay at the job for like ever and ever. But when I started this, I didn't really have a job. So I was able to eat, sleep and breathe this. And I had a lot of cushion and I had the ability to do that. But a lot of our success is that I was able to focus solely on this. And I do think that that is a big part of why we found success. So maybe YOLO, quit your job. And do if you're serious about it and you know you have a good idea, maybe quit your job faster than you're comfortable. I don't know. That's it. Krista Cotton says quit your job. <laughs> Do it, people. I mean, Do it before it's too I, late. I think when you know you found success, you're inhibiting your growth if you continue to stay at a job that is, t is taking your time and energy away from your idea. But don't be stupid. You have to be able to pay your bills and you need to have a little bit of a nest egg. So, I mean, there's a bit of a rub there and you have to be smart about it. But I guess I was just in a little bit of a unique position because I didn't have a job. So I had the ability to just focus on this and like really dive in head first. And this is all I cared about because it was like success or nothing to me. That was really my mentality and it worked out. But I do think once you have an idea and you found success, you should probably give up your day job because you're not going to make it to that next level. So long as your attention is focused on another thing. It's a bit of an impossible question, isn't it? Because yeah. in, in entrepreneurship, I think quitting your job is glamorized. It's like, just go in head first. There's no other option. I mean, you could quit your job, have a go, decide you need a little bit more money and then return to work. That's an option too. Yeah. And I think that like planning for it, like I, obviously I'm a big saver and a big planner, but I think that planning for it, having a nest egg and knowing it's just like Susie Orman or whatever says like you should have six months of savings or 12 months of savings or whatever figure out how you can live on a shoestring budget and how long you can make that work. And once you hit, like have a target and once you hit it and you have that in your savings account, quit, work on your idea. And if it works out, you're going to be okay. But it is a very scary position to be in. I mean, there were several months there where I was thinking, should I take on a freelance gig where I can get a decent amount of money and like not put this on pause, but do something else so that I'm not worried that I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage this month. And I, it never got to that for me. It got really close to it, to where I was considering it. But I definitely think it's something to spend a lot of time strategizing around. But if you have a goal, it's easier to know what your end, end date is and be confident leaving that job to, to chase your dream. Because if you don't quit, you're never going to make it to that next level. Eventually, you have to do it. You say you're cautious by nature. So not having a job really helped with a quick decision in that respect. 
Do you think mm-hmm. if you hadn't been unemployed at the time, do you think you might still be working a job four and a half no. years later? No, because the one thing that I've said since I was five years old is I want to be just like my dad and he is an entrepreneur. And I say, well, he says it's a personality type. I say it's a disease. You either have it or you don't and you want to be an entrepreneur. And this is not a job for the faint at heart. This is hard and you have to really, really want it. And even though I am cautious, I love being my own boss. I love the strategy and waking up every day to the challenge. Every day is different. And I just knew from a really young age, there was never really any other option. I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur and this is what I was going to do. So yes, I'm cautious, but also there was never any other job aspiration ever since I was five. This is what I said I wanted to do. And here we are. Here we are. $1.2 million. Not bad. (laughs) You're listening to Making It Work. Coming up. Even when you have made the transition into doing your quote unquote dream job and you are this entrepreneur, it's really difficult. And there's days where we want to throw in the towel and we want to quit this job. How did it feel when you finally took the plunge? I was scared. I was totally frightened about what my future would look like. Podcasts, YouTube videos, TikToks, you name it. When you listen to what's out there about entrepreneurship, you'd be forgiven for getting the impression that no entrepreneur ever gives up and goes back to their day job. But trust me, they exist. They just usually don't want to talk about it. Our next entrepreneurs certainly haven't thrown in the towel, but that doesn't mean they haven't thought about it. Meet Anna Van Pelt and Kirsten Coulter, co-founders of Niche Snowboards, a sustainable snowboard manufacturer. According to this Salt Lake City-based duo, being entrepreneurs is their dream job. But you still have to ask yourself some tough questions about your life choices. Here's Anna. Oh, that's such a tough question. I mean, even when you have made, you have made the transition into doing your quote unquote dream job and you are this entrepreneur and you're following your passions, like those, those come at a cost as well. It's really difficult. And there's days where we want to throw in the towel and we want to quit this job. And I think through this pandemic and through so many challenges we've been through for me personally, like there was, and and Kirsten too, you know, we've spoken about it together. Like there's been times where we just wanted to be done. And then I think coming back to like, okay, why did we want to do this? What did we want to center our lives around? And what else would we be doing if we weren't doing this? Is that, does that bring as much joy and fulfillment as this would. So I hear a lot from entrepreneurs, you know, you can't be an entrepreneur part-time at some point you have to quit your job. You have to dive straight in. You spoke about your, your passion for sustainability in the winter sports space, but passion doesn't pay the bills. Does it? No. A lot of, a lot of the decision is financial. So how do you sort of wrestle with that? Make a lot of sacrifices. I mean, it doesn't always pay off. And I think we hope that one day our lives will probably be more financially stable and sustainable. And we're both lucky to have partners in our lives, you know, so it's a little bit easier having someone else by your side. Um, It's difficult. Yeah. At the end of the day, I feel like investing in yourself and your happiness and what you really want to be spending time every day doing is really important and follow your dreams. And sure, not every business makes it. 
But I just don't think you know until you try. So these conversations, honestly, one of my best friends, we've been going back and forth quite a bit and, and she's been asking my advice. And I think her idea is fantastic. And I see her heart is, uh, I just feel like there would be a lot of regret if she didn't try, but it would require her to give up her, her career. And that's the long and the short of it. It's up to you when and how you do it. But you do eventually have to give up not just your job, but maybe your career too. One familiar voice that can take us through that thought process is Dana Donofrey, owner and founder of Chicago-based Anna Ono, and that's right, making it work season one regular. Before deciding to go full-time with her business that makes bras for women who have undergone breast surgery, Dana was on a promising career trajectory. But at the end of the day, After a long look in the mirror, she decided that she needed to pursue her social mission and her dream. Quitting my full-time job that was affording my lifestyle and technically funding my business was probably the scariest decision I made. And it was not one that was easily made and it wasn't one that I didn't stir and stir and stir over for months, maybe even a year before I actually pulled the trigger. But what I realized when I did resign from my job and put all of my effort and all of my time into building Ana Ono was when I came to terms that I needed this to be a business. I needed this to be more than a hobby or more than a lifestyle. It deserved to be something bigger. And if I didn't give it my all, if I didn't commit myself 100% to that belief, it was never going to happen. And it was going to fall flat on its face. And I invested nearly $200,000 of my own money to start my business. And if all of that was to fall on its face, that means all of those funds, all of those investment dollars that I decided to invest in myself and to invest in the business would be gone. And that would have been like the most expensive hobby I've ever undergone in my entire life. And I came to the the stage where that is where I was at. And that was what I put into perspective. And I had to jump head first or it was never going to survive. So did you find yourself before you went in head first, putting it off longer than you should have done? There was always a struggle more emotionally than financially. I mean, a lot of the emotional struggle was when you do start your own business and you are building your own business while also working a full-time job, you're so passionate about what you're building and what you're growing. Everything else seems to become less than and less than that. And you're like, why am I even here? Why am I coming in every day? Why am I checking my emails and working for somebody else when I'm trying to build my dream? It becomes like you're walking like a bipolar path of your life. Like I'm one person when I'm here eight hours a day and I'm another person when I'm here for the rest of the day. And which person do I like better? Do I like the person at work or do I like the person who's building my dream? How did it feel when you finally took the plunge? I was scared shitless. I was totally <laughs> frightened about what my future would look like. I was scared for many reasons. I was scared because if I launched my own business and it failed, does that look 
bad on my resume? Does that look like somebody would say, oh, well, she started her own business and she couldn't make it work. So why would she be able to run our business? I was afraid because I didn't know financially when I would get paid or if I ever would get paid or what does that look like? Would I have to start bartending again at night while I was developing my business? I was also uncertain about what the world would perceive as me from an industry perspective profession. I had spent 15 years in the industry. I've had a really long career and people knew me. And if I went out and I did it on my own and I failed, it was going to reflect poorly on me. So I thought, um, and, and those are all things that you get in your own head when really at the end of the day, it takes a lot of guts to start your own business. It takes a ton of guts to be able to do that. And I think I was always focusing on what the negative impact would be rather than the positive impact of what could happen. How quickly do the positives come along? Oh, I think they come in time. We're all our toughest critics and we're always not going to be good enough or there's always more things that we can do, especially when you're startups and especially when you're founders. I think that you're just that sort of personality. So the positives are, are coming along now. I feel so grateful that I can go out and coach other young entrepreneurs, that I can mentor other female entrepreneurs and startups, that I can help be a voice in all of this noise of what it means to be a woman in business and the struggles and the challenges that we face that our counterparts do not. And through that, I find positivity. Obviously, a lot of people don't quit their job because they're trying to save money to invest in their new business. So how do you know if you've got enough money in the bank? How did you know? I never thought I had enough money in the bank. I never thought that I was financially able to leave my job. I just knew I didn't have a choice and that I would figure things out along the way. And I guess somehow, sometimes people say that about starting a family, like no time's ever a good time. But if you're in a cushy life and you're collecting a paycheck and you want to start a business, no time's a good time to stop your job. <laughs> like, it's always going to be scary. It's always going to be frightful. And you just have to be prepared for the unknown and you have to be prepared to do what you need to do to keep things afloat. And when you're prepared for those things, you can keep things going. But if you're unflexible and you hate change and you like to wake up every morning and do the same thing every morning, I would highly advise against starting your own business because that's just not what the life looks like. Coming up next time. I think we're just going to head straight into the first topic. My first year, what I did wrong. <laughs> oh, so many mistakes. I would say we definitely off a lot of customers. If you order a product for Christmas, you need it before Christmas. People don't know who you are. They don't care. You got to build that relationship and that trust. And it was just a really silly mistake. Be humble. Have a plan. Uh, don't overorder. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Making It Work. Share your thoughts by rating and reviewing on your favorite podcast platform. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. You can also get in touch with the Making It Work team at makingitwork at fedex.com. We love hearing from you. And don't forget to check out show notes on fedex.com slash makingitwork. Thanks to our entrepreneurs, Krista Cotton, Graham Vesey and Fisk Bigger, Anna Van Pelt and Kristen Coulter, and Dana Donafrey. Making It Work is produced by Yolene Marguerite, written by Tom Scallon, and edited by Lars Blockenberg. 
with creative direction from Jeroen von Koningshoven. Music by Fresh Big Mouth, who created the song with actual sounds from the FedEx Superhub. This show was delivered to you by FedEx and presented by Tom Scallon and me, Kelly Martin. <laughs>